Welcome to the SLP Stress Management Podcast, your place to manage stress, reduce the risk of burnout, and find more balance in and out of your life as an SLP. I'm your host, Jesse Andrix, and in today's episode, we're going to take a pause and practice some deep breathing, not just to get calm, but to help you relax. We'll also take a moment to meditate together, and I'm going to share some of the small shifts and tweaks that I will be making in my work as an SLP as we start to get ready for the upcoming school year. I'm so excited to share this with you, so let's dive right in. Welcome to your wellness tip for this week. So you may have heard, maybe from me, maybe just from somewhere else, like a really cool app, or just you are lucky enough to have learned a strategy, but breathing deeply and taking like deep, even steady breaths can be really calming and help you to work through and let go of some stress. Because what it does is it mimics the type of breath that you would be having if you weren't stressed. So when you are not stressed, your breath is steady, it's full, and it's pretty even. So you can take a breath like that, find a little bit of calm by sending the signal instead from the body to the brain, from your or from the brain to the body, from your body back up to the brain that like, hey, look at how I'm breathing. I am calm. And it helps to turn down the stress response. But what if you want to not just feel calm, but feel relaxed, like really release tension, release some stress and relax? Well, you can use the breath to do this too. Instead of just finding an even breath, you extend your exhale a little bit longer than the inhale. So yes. Breathing for like four counts on your inhale, four counts on your exhale, having those balanced um, can help you feel more calm. But the inhale is the more like excitable part of your breath, which is why when you are feeling stressed or panicked, you're, you're breathing, you're hyperventilating, you're breathing in a lot and not breathing out as much. So when you are calm, we balance those out. But the exhale is the extra calming part of the breath. So if you can extend and be in the exhale a little longer, you can not only find calm and de-stress, you can relax and release the stress, release tension. So let's try it. Take a deep breath in and maybe count to four. And as you exhale, also count to four. Get your breath steady. Take a deep breath in through your nose, maybe count to four. As you exhale this time, count to five or even six if you can. Breathe in for four. Breathe out for five or six. In for four. Out for five or six. 
And there you go. So you can take this breath like maybe five or 10 rounds or set a timer for a minute or if you wanted to take like five minutes if you had it and really use this as more of like a meditation, you can do that and you can find not only calm, but a chance to relax. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. Head over to Instagram and you can follow along with this over there at Jesse Andrix. And you can also leave a comment on the post that has this or send me a DM and let me know how it goes. Need some new fun SLP apparel as you head back into this school year? Look no further than Peachy Speechy. You can click the link below for Peachy Speechy and get 10% off your next purchase with super fun and inspirational shirts and more to not only represent the SLP team, but to share a little bit of your personality while you do it. Head over to that link grab some amazing things and get 10% off. Let's take a moment to meditate. So find yourself in a comfortable seat. Maybe you're sitting cross-legged like on a floor or in a chair, or if you're in your office and your feet are on the floor, that works too. Just find your bottom. Wiggle around, find it in your seat. Sit up tall, think of lifting from the crown of your head, lifting the rib cage off the waist and the chest lifted. So not rigid, just space to breathe. Your hands can rest down on your lap. Maybe the palms face up. And then if you can, close your eyes. And start to bring your awareness to your breath. If you're able to, begin to breathe in and out through your nose. And so in today's meditation practice, our focus will be on that word practice. A lot of the time, when we begin to meditate or we think about getting into it, we try it and we tell ourselves, I'm not good at it. I don't know how to do this. It doesn't work for me. Because we expect that we'll clear our minds or we're not doing it correctly. And we also expect that we will be able to keep our focus on one thing or we are not doing it correctly. But it is not a meditation perfection. It is a practice. And the practice is that when your mind wanders, you bring it back to a focal point, whether it is something you're visualizing or a mantra or your breath or anything. So today we'll use the words inhale and exhale to bring you back to focus, bring you back to your meditation, to practice as we move through. 
So on your next inhale, you could think that word silently to yourself. Inhale. And as you breathe out, exhale. Continue. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Continue this for a few rounds on your own, at your own pace. If you notice that you're suddenly thinking of something else, your mind has wandered off, just practice coming back, even if it's over and over and over again. Inhale and exhale. Take just one more round. When you're ready, you can slowly blink your eyes open. And you have completed your meditation practice for today. As I end one school year, and really am ready to start to begin a new school year, there's one thing that I am absolutely sure of. I do not want to be under a pile of paperwork again at the end. This was completely expected, um, but also a lot. So while I know it's not like absolutely realistic, there are a few things that I plan on doing next time that I didn't do this year. They're not deal breakers or things that have to be done, maybe that would be better to get done, but that if I can, I will try to shift to more of this in the upcoming year. So I had some really good systems set up, but being my first year in the schools, there was like a lot of learning to do and a lot of setup for those systems. So things got a little clogged up. So for example, I had this spreadsheet for every grade with a separate sheet for each person and it included their goals and their service time. So I could plug in each day the material that I needed and then my note. And this took forever to set up, but it was so worth it to have this and so essential. And now I know that going into this school year, it will be a lot faster 
because I'll already have this set up and I can just kind of copy paste and then, um, you know, change the date for the school year or update the goals if I need to, or if it's a new student, you know, delete um, students that are no longer there and then add in the newer students. And so there's these little things, right? And I do want to mention kind of a little side note here. This is not about perfection or anything that I'm going to talk about. It's not to make you feel like you have to like go from type B to type A by using these simple steps or that like you have to even do any of this or that you're not good enough already. It is so not that way. These are just some strategies that I'm going to try and I thought I would share in case you're also looking for a few ways um, or if you have one that really worked for you and you want to share it. Okay, so one of the things, one of the shifts that I'm going to work with and um, to work on, you know, making these little changes, one of them is with consults. <sighs> consults are those students, right, who are on caseload but not direct therapy. And um, you may call them something different where you work. I know like they have been called a different thing every place that I've been and throughout the years the name has switched. But like those students that you check in on or you like collaborate with the teacher on some things, you see if they need anything and maybe like you, um, they just didn't need direct services but they did need a few things or you like wanted to take like a step towards dismissing them from speech. So these are the students that sometimes it's really easy to um, like not have them in the front of your mind because they're not on your schedule every week for you, you know, to be like, this is the group that I see for this therapy. I see them at this time. So I for sure need a more solid plan for checking in, keeping track and getting these efficiently done and entered. I had a few spreadsheets and plans to enter notes and ways to check in, but I also had a few ideas that I never developed. I wanted to have these on a separate spreadsheet, like rather than their grade level ones. And I also wanted to have like set check-in times throughout the year with reminders in my calendar or spreadsheet if needed, which sounds like a very simple and very like solid plan, right? But I never got around to it. There was so much um, that I had to do just because I was learning, you know, as I went and getting all of these other things set up. And so I never got around to this and I found that this was the place where I had to scramble a little bit more. Got it done, but definitely had to scramble. So I know that I can easily plan for this in the upcoming year. So for this one, it's not an overhaul or like a big change, just kind of refining or um, taking the plans and putting them into action. So um, another place that I'd like to create a little shift is with my notes. And I think that that's like, you know, we all say those kind of things, right? Of course, notes. That's one of the biggest things that we do and one of the biggest like time sucks. So this year, the way that I did my notes was that I entered them into a spreadsheet from a bunch of sticky notes. <laughs> Not exactly right away. Um, 
ideally I would use the sticky notes or sometimes I would use like a um, portable dry erase board like one on wheels and I would keep all my tallies and things on there and then um, you know ideally right away I would transfer them into the spreadsheet and then from the spreadsheet transfer them into like the official school system um, so what really happened was that I would do this way, 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 way later than was needed. I kept thinking like, I'll do it when, but then when would show up, sometimes it would just pass by, um, and another thing would pop up. There'd be an eval or a screen or a sickness that maybe, you know, I wasn't there and I, or my children were sick and so I couldn't get this done. Ended up being way more behind than ever and it took a really long time to catch up. So it was not super awesome. It was in the worst, but not how I want to do it again. So my new plan is to enter it in at the end of the week. I think before I was trying to get everything in every day and then when it wouldn't get in, I'd say, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. And then I would take everything and be like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then it would be like, you know, after a week or it would be this like pile of notes that I'd have and then I'd put them in my spreadsheet and then I'd wait wait a really long time like until progress report time to put them into the system or sometimes honestly longer um, and that did not work so like daily would be ideal right <sighs> but I don't see it as absolutely possible I think having a solid time set aside to get these notes in is my plan and for me that will be more like weekly because I know that sometimes things will pop up and if I have like this spot that's nearly non-negotiable like a time that is like in my schedule then I know notes at this time the other things happen at another time um, and for me just so you can see like I know it's not always possible if my schedule I don't know what it'll be like right but if I'm at the same school, if I'm in the same place, working with the same grade levels, and if their schedule is similar to what it was last year, I end up having a big chunk of time where I can't see anyone because they are at um, specials and recess and lunch and like all of the grades that I see have a spot that's, you know, it's just open in my schedule. And so that's when I could do my notes or maybe they are there but it's not a time that I can necessarily pull for therapy consistently but I could see like you know I could screen a student or do an eval um, and so taking a chunk of that time and saying this is non-negotiable this is when I will do my notes and have that blocked off in my schedule for every week this is when you catch up on notes or if it's like a day that I can do admin at home having that like you know and, and me actually remembering yes you are at home but you have something to do at this time that you cannot say well I could just do it later so realistically this will not always happen and things will come up but most of the time going into this year I'm aiming for doing notes weekly so ask me mid-September how this is going right <laughs> Um, another place that I realized I would really like to make a shift is with progress reports because here's how I did them this year I got them done by urgently waiting until the last minute or the last few days I think part of this at first was that I had to learn how to do them and then the other part was like 
sometimes I would wait until the teacher started them because I wasn't sure if it was okay for me to start before they were ready, which is just kind of silly now that I think about it. Um, because you just, it's just a draft. Anyone can start it. So progress reports definitely got easier as the year went on. I remember the first batch took me days and like an entire weekend to get done. But later in the year, it just took a few parts, like large parts, but just parts of my day to get them done. Um, I have no real change or efficient way that I plan on doing this besides one, just knowing that I already know the process of it and also starting them earlier, knowing that it's okay to start earlier than I think. Like my plan was progress reports are due on Friday. I'll start them on Monday, but really I could start them a week or two ahead. And those, you know, if there is just some incredible growth with a certain student in that one week or two, like I can go back and update that students if I need to. So that's all. Not a huge like overhaul or like a new system for doing them. Um, just like start a few weeks earlier if possible instead of the week of. So it might work, it might not, but that's where I'm going to go and that's my slight shift with this one. So another big thing that definitely got me behind that I want to try and shift is evals. So evaluations started to just come in and I'm and like didn't stop and so I'm not sure that it will be the same this year simply because I think a lot of you can relate to this that worked in the schools like this year seemed like a catch-up year from COVID um, from the pandemic from you know being virtual for a while from some students like doing different type of school and then coming back in. Um, the school that I was at, we had a lot of people moving into this area too. And so we had just a lot of things that were like, hey, and, and I, I saw mostly older students, um, but it was like, hey, I think this is something that needs to be checked out. And so we had a lot of evaluations. And so my current way of doing them was to not schedule them. I mean, I would I would do them, right? But not saying like, this is the time that I will be doing these. It was just kind of like, all right, I know I have my list that I have written down and I would hang it um, right kind of, um, uh, I had like a little nook, uh, like a, a wall that only I could see from my desk and like students don't go over that way. So I would have it over there with like the list of evals that I had. And I would say like, cool, I can go grab this student out because I know that like that grade, that class is available. And I have a moment where I could maybe be doing notes, but I will go do an eval instead. Um, and so I would do them. But then the other thing is that I wouldn't write them up right away. And then I wouldn't, I, <laughs> I didn't enter them into the system um, until the end of the year, partially because I didn't know that we could. Um, I didn't know that that was like, you know, in like our billing and our notes, um, I didn't know to enter those. So for evals, I am not a drop everything and do it now kind of person unless it's an urgent request, then I'm all for it and it's fine. Um, otherwise, I kind of wait. But then I get backlogged because sometimes, you know, you're like, well, oh, okay, cool. I could see the student next week. And then sometimes you get like three more evals or suddenly there's like something that comes up. So trying to have like an eval day in my week or like specific times that I can say like you had an eval come in, see them at this time. Like 
or to see like when one comes in where I can schedule it rather than keep it in my head. So say, okay, yes, this comes in. I'm going to see them next week at this time. And then if another comes in, I'll say, okay, I can see them at this time. Um, I think this could be worth trying. Again, it's not anything like, oh my goodness, I have discovered this amazing thing to do. It's just putting some strategies into place. So mainly though, I plan on entering these, like doing them when they happen, um, you know, like putting them in the system when they happen, getting those notes written rather than waiting until the end or much later and being like the last one to get everything in. Um, I just, hopefully that'll be more efficient and not too hard of a thing to get done. I think this one will be one that I may have to keep shifting as the year goes on. So there are definitely more for sure that I could create some shifts on. But um, this is my start and my reflection on what I learned after you know a year of working in the schools and the shifts I plan to make in this upcoming year. So my plan next year is basically this, not to rush at the end to do what I could have done at the beginning. Because yes, I still had some filing that I had to do from summer services to finish up at the end of my school year. Um, so we'll add that one to my list too. Now that I know how to file things, um, if you didn't listen to the previous episode, go listen to that one where you can hear about one of my biggest mistakes, which was filing. Um, for that one, you know, I could add that to this list here. Shift I'll make is to file when I get the paperwork done. Now that I know to do it, I can do it. So my plan overall is to use the tools I set in place before and be able to use them more efficiently with some little tweaks this year. So what is a small shift that you're going to make in this upcoming school year? Share in the comments or you know, send me an email, jessie at jessieandrix.com or DM me over on Instagram at jessieandrix. And I'd love to hear you know, what kind of small shift you could create um, not again not because you aren't doing enough but just to see where it could ease up some things for you if you want more resources to help you as you move into this new year and release some stress um, subscribe below for free resources in the SLP toolbox, including meditation audios movement videos and some self-care tips and templates and if you want to gain a new skill in bringing mindfulness to your speech room or your classroom for the upcoming year, make sure to sign up for the waitlist and be the first to know when my course on mindfulness in your SLP room opens for enrollment. Plus, you'll snag an exclusive discount on enrollment. So click below, enter your email, and confirm your sign up for all the details. Thank you so much for being here. Love and light to you. Have you ever thought about bringing some concepts of mindfulness or yoga into your speech room or your clinic or your classroom and maybe you just weren't sure what that even meant or how to do it? This has been one of my favorite things 
to infuse in my personal speech room, in my classroom, and when working with my students and within my own mindset. And what I found this year is that it looked very different than I ever thought and was way easier than I ever imagined. If you'd like to learn some things that I did and some of the background behind these and how you can infuse them into your speech room or clinic or classroom, then make sure to get on the wait list for mindfulness in your speech room. It's a brand new course that I will be launching that will teach you exactly these things and help you get started infusing these into your room. Click on the link below to sign up for the waitlist. And while you're waiting, you'll also get access to free resources and tools to help you bring in more mindfulness and yoga and stress management in your life and day. Click on that link below, sign up, and join in that waitlist to be the first to know when enrollment opens.